Welcome to the Broadband Bunch, a podcast about broadband and how it impacts us all. Join us to learn about the state of the industry and the latest innovations and trends. Connect with the thought leaders, pioneers, and policymakers helping to shape your future through broadband. This episode of the Broadband Bunch is sponsored by ETI Software, your zero-touch automation experts. By Calix, simplify, excite, grow. By DXTEL, creators of the Harper Broadband Marketing Library. By ITK Solutions Group, process first, technology second. And by Utopia Fiber, building a more connected nation. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Broadband Bunch. My name is Pete Pizzatello and I am joined today by Steve Harris. Steve is a Executive Director of Education and Technical Sales for SCTE, which is a, a subsidiary of Cable Lab. Steve, thanks for joining the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we're going to dig into some interesting topics around workforce and education. I know there's a lot of people in our marketplace that are scrambling to figure out now that they have money and a plan, how are they going to get it done? Um, and you guys have definitely got a perspective and working with a lot of folks in our community. Uh, but before we do that, you know, I just love to kind of unpack how you, Steve, ended up uh, in the role that you are today. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you a little uh, background because uh, it was it was an interesting road that I never saw happening, like my career path. I didn't, I had a plan, but it kind of did its own thing. So I, I was over at Camden County College. I was a teacher at Camden County College, hmm. ran a computer lab over there, teaching continued ed courses and you know, a lot of the technical stuff that that was new coming out, uh, probably stuff like the Cisco certifications, Microsoft certifications. And we got involved with Comcast. Uh, we actually wrote a grant and the grant was to train all these technicians into advanced networking. So that was kind of my introduction to cable, which was really cool because I didn't really realize what cable was and what telecom was until I got involved. Right. And so we had an awesome time. We, we trained uh, hundreds and hundreds of technicians at Comcast. And on the side, I had a side hustle fixing TVs and VCRs back, back then, too. So I was in the electronic side, too. So it was really a great place to, to geek out. And with that, um, shortly after, I left the college and went to work for Comcast. And with Comcast being having a big background in, in training, teaching, and, and developing content, um, the first year at Comcast, I wrote them 18 courses. And yeah, so it was it, in all types of topics. You know, we had a back office network, so we created a course for that. We were training uh, technicians on how to wire a cable modem termination system in a classroom, do wiring for phone at the time. There was all types of activities. And that led to all the work I did at Comcast uh, led to an L&D award. I was asked by Comcast to attend an SCTE Cable Tech uh, Expo in Orlando. And I, I said, oh, I would love to go to that. Well, here they were giving out the first learning and development award for SCTE. And I'm like, oh, I wonder who's going to be. This is interesting. And, I, <laughs> and they called my name because I created these 18 courses. So it was really cool. And then my sights kind of turned from Comcast and said, well, what's this SCTE all about? Because I didn't really know much about them and, and really dug in deep, started participating 
within SET events and speaking at SET events. And that led to me um, leaving Comcast and, and coming over to the SCTE where I've been for the last 12 years. Wow. So a, a lifelong tinkerer slash teacher ends up uh, taking you to places you never thought you'd go. That's pretty interesting. So um, what's, just a little bit about SCTE, just so to get everybody up to speed before we dig into that. Sure. Yeah. So the SCT is a Society of Cable and Telecommunication Engineers. Uh, we've been around for over 50 years. Many people don't realize that. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we can dive into all the piece parts of SCTE. But in the last year, in four months or so, we became a subsidiary of Cable Laboratories. Um, and Cable Laboratories is the R&D arm of the industry, while SETE is the operational arm and standards of the industry. Okay. And we're both nonprofits. And so um, that's, that's important to understand because we reinvest everything back into the society and, and Cable Labs. It's, everything's gets reinvested in the cable apps. So in your role, you're dealing with a lot of the, the cables and telco f- um, in the current situation. And there's a ton, right? I mean, so as you mentioned, cable labs is on the R&D side. There's a lot of innovation coming down the pike. Um, there's a lot of pressure now that there's money flowing to get new broadband um, to, to new, new areas or to upgrade it to acceptable levels. Um, and there's just a massive shortage of labor and resources, right? And so, you know, what is that? How is that impacting the folks that you're talking to? And what are some of the ways that they're they're trying to solve those those problems? Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, let's let me look at each one of these parts because there's there's three things you you have there. Um, definitely on the innovation side, um, with Cable Labs and SETE and the operators, we've been very innovative. And, and there's a flurry of innovation going on right now. Um, SETE with the industry has been working on distributed access architectures and distributed CCAP architectures. And this is really evolving the network that brings the services to the customer. So between, to, between the cable operator and the customers is access network. And there's a lot of transformation that's happening. We have digital fiber now that, that we used to have analog, so that's more innovative, and that's going to coherent in the, in the next four or five years. Um, Ethernet, performance testing, fiber deep architecture, pushing fiber very, very close to the customers. We're doing fiber to the home, and, and not just any fiber to the home, we're doing the latest ones. Ethernet, uh, passive optical networks, there's XGS PON, there's, there's technologies for 25 and 50 gig pond and beyond. Um, on the rural side, there's fiber indexing. There's new fiber splicing techniques. Uh, there's new fiber standards. Um, and these are just a few things on, on the access network side. But then you also have new technologies like Wi-Fi 6, Wi-Fi 6E, wireless convergence with mobility, citizens band radio spectrum. All right, I'm going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's just on the innovation side, right? Yeah. Um, so there's a lot going on there. Um, for accelerated deployments, I think we really uh, saw COVID-19 as a catalyst for that. Yeah. Because everybody's working from home. You know, my daughter, she she was doing school from home and like so many others. And we all had to pivot really quickly 
to be able to do what we did in the office or in the classroom, we had to do that at home. And so my wife was a teacher at the time. And so she was teaching her classroom from the house. I was working, everybody was working. And so that drove the operators to make sure the networks were performing at the proper level, delivering the, the bandwidth requirements, the capacity requirements, latency requirements. And, you know, we responded, uh, I would say, the, the best that, that any operator could uh, respond, meaning right. that we were ready. And so um, I think that's on the accelerated deployment side. We haven't stopped. Um, we are, like I said, on the innovation side, there is so many new technologies that we're working on to, to take the network to the next level. There's an influx, three times more federal funding that's out there. So that's really getting the operators to rethink. I just talked to several operators this week um, that are saying, wait a minute, do I really want to go fix wireless access? Or now that I got this new funding, how about I start looking at fiber to the home? Hmm. Yep. And, and so there's a lot of those type of questions going on. And then you take a look at the labor shortage. The, the, the last part of your question um, is a big problem. Um, I mean, there's a uh, recent survey from Real-Time Insights that this is affecting 40% of U.S. organizations. Well, a lot of our members of our society are part of these organizations, and it's a significant issue for us as well. The good news is we knew this was coming. Uh, we, we've been out in front of this, and We've been developing a lot of uh, programs to address this and working very closely with the operators and contractors um, to make sure that we still drive that, that uh, return on investment for the customers while also focused on the operational priorities of our members. So I think it's, from my perspective, I think uh, the, the right training is a big deal. And, sure. and that's going to really drive the, the workforce development. Um, another study IBM conducted that, and, and you, you can see a lot of these studies, 62% of new hires intend to stay with their companies when training is provided. We see that. Right. So, uh, that was a you know, really good question. Um, so so you mentioned a couple, just a couple of points on that. I mean, it's really interesting because, you know, technology innovation, right, is we all want to... Uh, to kind of do things faster, better, cheaper. And there's the, the term that's been overused for, for many years around digital transformation. And a lot of people point to kind of the, the uh, friction around digital transformation is really due to people issues, culture. But you, I think you put your finger on it, right? I mean, is a lot of is people may want to do things better, faster, cheaper. They just don't know how to do it, right? And so if you're not as an organization bringing the people along, um, and having the training prepared to help people to reskill them, right, or to onboard different types of resources that you've never had to deal with before, um, you know, that's going to be an impediment to all that great progress. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. I mean, when you look at at tools, you know, if you think about a fiber technician, you think of the physical tools, but there's also a lot of soft tools that person needs, right? Whether that's you know change management, whether that is the right courses that you mentioned. You know, if I don't have the right education, well, then my job satisfaction might suffer. And I, I talked to an operator um, in the Caribbean. They said, look, I'm having a problem with job satisfaction, morale. Hmm. It, we put a training program in place. 
those two things were off the table. I'm like, wow, I feel much more happy now that I'm actually understanding the job and the recommended practices. Yeah, that's- SET does this. And, you know, if you get training, not all training is the same. And it could lead to frustration if it's not the right one. Right. Well, you put your finger on, you know, training the folks that are in the industry, but, you know, there's a lot of, you know, national shortages. We're going to have to reach into other industries or untapped areas of resources. So, how, you know, how do we get people to understand the, the, the potential? I mean, we inside this industry see it as kind of a generational uh, opportunity, right? But young kids coming up that may be thinking about going to work in an Amazon warehouse or whatever else that they may be doing, you know, buying, selling Bitcoin, that type of thing. Um, how how can we do a better job kind of attracting talent to have them say, hey, there's something really interesting here. And this isn't just kind of a, a trade. There's a profession. You know, we've seen a lot of folks coming up the operational ladder to management, to ownership, that type of thing. You know, h- how can we do a better job telling that story? Yeah. And, and I think exactly what you said is, is telling the story of cable. Um, you know, when I when I was at the college, I didn't think of cable and telecom as a career. And for me, I learned that through, I, I would say, accident. You know, I, I just right. got involved in this um, in, in his grant for the college. And next thing you know, I was introduced uh, to Comcast. And wow, this is really cool. So what I think it is, is us working together, which we do, is really telling our story Hey, this is what cable's about. Most people think, oh, it's cable, telecom. No, it's also cloud, it's virtualization, it's networking, it's it's all these other cool things. Programming. Right. Uh, there was just a recent article about that that came out in the industry where, you know, programming is is huge. Um, and and so once the we can tell people that, hey, these are all the different things that you can do in the cable industry. And it doesn't have to be installer. Most people think, oh, it's as an installer. SETE trains not just installers, but we train all the way up to engineers. We train leadership, whether that's the executive level, management level. There are so many aspects to the industry. And I think once people step into it, they're like, wow, this is so cool. I never want to leave. And uh, yeah, so. Well, I think, you know, your case is a good example where um, I think, you don't, you don't know where certain decisions are going to lead, right? And you don't necessarily have to have a mapped out plan, but you need to be open and curious. And I think you as a tinker and educator, you know, kind of led you down a certain path. And I think one of the things the broadband industry needs to do a better job of is, is helping people understand that it's so broad reaching the foundational technology that we provide. So anywhere from telehealth to gaming to computer science, right? So you never know what's going to spark somebody's imagination and curiosity to get them to say, oh, that is interesting. How do I do that? And, I, and there's different programs that I've seen where they try to illuminate those with, to the educate, you know, to the uh, students and kids to say, here, if you if you care about this stuff, let me show you how this stuff is actually possible. Right. I mean, they spend so much freaking time on their phones. Wouldn't you, <laughs> wouldn't you want to understand what's going on back there? And some of them will and some of them obviously won't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, we partnered with US First and and these were kids that build robots and we brought US First to Cable Tech Expo and highlighted the, the kids and they were amazed, you know, at Cable Tech Expo. They're looking around and that, wow, this is a whole new industry that I didn't even know was on my roadmap. So, um, you know, getting involved in fo- things like US First 
and you know getting um, our chapters are do a great job. We have sixty plus chapters, and they do high school programs. They go out and speak to high schools, trade schools, and stuff like that. Those types of outreach programs are going to are going to allow more and more people to understand what this industry is about. Yeah, robotics is really interesting. People don't know this, but our uh, brand manager for the podcast is actually Joe. He's actually a robot. So he's the first podcast manager robot, which is really cutting edge for us. So <laughs> um, on a serious note there. So you talk, you talk to a lot of folks up and down the food chain, right? I mean, so let's learn from the big guys. You mentioned Comcast and some of the other folks. You know, how are they investing in the future workforce? But, you know, they get a lot at stake. You see anything mm-hmm. interesting coming from them? Yeah, I, the... So if you take a look at the big guys, the big guys do a lot of innovation. They have uh, a lot of labs where they are testing the latest and greatest. So we'll take uh, Comcast, since you mentioned them as an example. You know, Comcast works very closely with with my parent company, Cable Laboratories, on standards like DOCSIS 4.0. The, these technologies are what's driving the innovation in the network. You know, I mentioned a lot of other technologies, but DOCSIS 4.0 is really getting to symmetrical upstream and downstream and a and a 10 gig, what we're, we label as 10G uh, in the network. So Comcast has a lot of investment in the technologies. Mm-hmm. Uh, they work very closely with um, SETE and their Corporate Alliance uh, Partnership Program. And this is a program where it allows uh, Comcast to participate on all levels of SETE, whether that's the membership, they do a great job with our chapters. They have a Comcast ambassador program where they assign individuals to um, SET chapters across the country to get folks in, involved in SETE, get involved in the society. One thing, when you're in a society versus taking a training course, the society, there's so many components, networking and right. membership and all that. Um, and you know, we're, we work very closely with Comcast, making sure that the workforce has hands-on. We, we did a um, huge investment in virtual network simulations for folks that do online training, but we also have a huge investment in person boot camps where we go out and we teach people how do you splice fiber, how do you measure, uh, what are the Wi-Fi metrics needed to perform um, a Wi-Fi install or a troubleshooting. Um, and we have many, many folks uh, from Comcast that that sit on cable lab specification working groups, as well as SETE uh, ANSI accredited standards working groups, uh, driving the, the evolution of uh, technology and standards and specifications. Yeah, you mentioned a lot there, but I think, you know, in terms of how do you do more with less faster, right? You put your finger on a couple of things is standards and certifications, right? Getting, you know, what's the value of somebody who's certified versus somebody who's not certified in terms of the return on investment. Can you speak a little bit about the types of standards and certifications that you guys see are, are the most effective right now? Yeah. Uh, you know, our, our flagship certification, it would be the installer. Uh, we, we call broadband premise installer. Okay. And, you know, that, that represents a, a huge portion of the workforce for the operators. Um, so having an individual that's properly trained, not one that we send in the truck with someone else and say, okay, go learn that job. You know, that, <laughs> right. That's, a, that's right. not uh, a training program. So um, what we're able to do at the installer level is leverage our standard best practices 
and deliver a technician to the uh, industry that has all the proper skill sets and abilities. Our, every one of our certifications are aligned and uh, to job roles, and we do job task analysis, making sure that everything that person is supposed to be doing is addressed in our certification program. So when an operator has an SETE certified installer, they could say, you know what? I know that's going to be the one that that performs better uh, than folks that are not certified. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you a couple examples. Uh, one example is an operator that um, had a hurricane come through and ripped down most of their aerial lines. And I was talking to them that week and they said, hey, Steve, I wanted to let you know that the SETE certified people are performing, outperforming every one of my other workers. Hmm. It's, and that was very important because they were trying to restore connectivity. You know, as soon as we lose connectivity, it's 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 like electric, right? We need to have it. Right. Um, and even a larger operator's we can show SET certified individuals are performing at a much higher level. So that's one area. The other would be fiber optics. There is a mad rush for SETE in, in, in the US as well as uh, Latin America to get folks fiber certified. And this had a great call with the state of California yesterday and they're, they're, they can't get enough fiber folks mm. um, in, in California. We're gonna help them do that. Yeah. Um, and I would say uh, Wi-Fi is another important area because you can't do anything without wireless. You think think about your home network or think about your business network or um, anywhere you go. Uh, Wi-Fi is there. So th- those were probably three of our, I guess, focus areas right now that, that the operators are really looking at. We have uh, this we have 13. The last one I would mention is the construction with all the influx of the uh, federal funds. There's right. operators doing much more construction. So we came out with a um, best practice program for construction engineering. Yeah, it makes tons of sense. I mean, you would you know, a lot of these folks don't work full time or they work on a contract basis. Right. So you're going to hire somebody, a contractor that's certified or somebody who's not certified. Right. So. Why not have the same kind of discernment for your own, your own people? Um, you mentioned a couple other things too, and I've been to a couple of events where some of the tier ones are presenting um, architectural designs and decisions, providing some data. And I think you're right. I think being a part of society is a good way to think about it. You know, we are a community, and what I've really enjoyed about this community is everybody's willing to share. Right. And it's going to these meetings, you know, having lunch with somebody that just presented to kind of get uh, that kind of next level of detail or a follow up conversation. Right. So, I, you know, I, I would suggest that that's, you know, as well as certification, there's also kind of the informal learning of being in the middle of the ecosystem and, and, and being connected to people that have kind of been there and done that. Yeah, I, I would say that's that for me and for many others is just once you're in that society and you can get into the society for less than a hundred bucks, it's $85 for a membership right now. Okay. And that puts you in with everybody else and you can network with like-minded individuals. So if you're a fiber optics person or you're an engineer that works on the outside plant or you're a video uh, engineer, there are other people just like you and you can engage with them in, in multiple levels. You know, so if it's just a membership, you want to engage that way, or you want to come to Cable Tech Expo in the fall and engage, 
I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, it, it really helps you accelerate your career when you're in the know. So we're talking to the audience, right? And there's a lot, I think we've, we've hit on a lot in terms of what they're dealing with. You know, how do they get started? You know, what are some recommendations from you other than becoming a membership for folks to, to start tackling the workforce issue, the learning issues that we've talked about? Yeah, I, I, I will reiterate what I shared is get involved in the society. Um, and, and you can do that on multiple levels um, and multiple time commitments. Everybody said, well, I don't have enough time. Well, for to get involved, it could be reading the SET magazine, which highlights all the innovation that's happening in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I always felt that if I understand what the industry CTOs are working on, where the industry engineers are working on, it keeps me ahead of what's happening. And so you could be reading our magazine. We do monthly webinars within um, SET.org that you could take advantage of. We have 60 plus chapters and a lot of them do webinars. So even though you might belong to a chapter in New Jersey, where I'm from, you can attend any of the virtual events and they're archived. So you can go onto our website today and, and consume 25 hours worth of fiber optics. Or uh, if you want to work on the outside plant, we have tons of content. So uh, there's so many ways to get involved. Just step into the society. You can participate in our standards program. Any Cable Labs member has the ability to join the SED standards program. And so that's most many of the operators in the United States. So they do, they take advantage of that. Um, contractors, same thing. We, we have all types of, uh, we have a vendor connect program where you can go in and look for uh, different vendors if you're doing a deployment or if you're looking to post a job to, to drive some more uh, employees your way. We have things like that. Um, I think the other part of that question is, um, how SET is working with the operators to to make sure people are well educated. I mean, that's that's to tackle these issues. You have to have a well educated workforce. You have to have a workforce that is that is retained. Um, and we talked about that uh, early on. Um, job satisfaction. Um, those are key. I would say performance indicators for making sure that that. Um, you're ready for tomorrow in the industry. And I'll mention it face-to-face if you can, um, right. you know, joining yeah. SET and others in the industry at, at a uh, Cable Tech Expo, this is where all the innovation happens. We have a hundred plus hours of education that are available to you. Um, and it's in, it's in Philly this year. And so that that's another way to kind of accelerate our industry forward. Yeah, no, it's in September, I believe, right? The um, what I what I like about the content that you guys provided is that you guys are teachers at heart, right? I mean, so there's so many people coming into this industry that are uh, starting from you know square one, right? They're just mm-hmm. kind of been pulled into it, and so a lot of the content that's available, and there is a lot of content that's available, as either kind of um, pointed towards specific vendors or movements, that type of thing. But from a pure educational perspective, I think you guys do a nice job of just helping people understand um, the fundamentals without any kind of point of view in there. So I do invite folks to to take a look at the newsletter and some of the other resources you have in there. Um, just kind of using your crystal ball, right? Um, I was just wondering, you know, there's a lot happening in the next 24, 36 months. Um, 
any thoughts about what the uh, society and what the industry looks like uh, in in a, in a couple of years from now? Yeah, that you know, I wish I you know, I'll see how good my crystal ball is here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you this: that you know, SET is the applied science leader for our industry. You know, and you know, we're we're going to be a big part of the vision of the future. We are ones that are driving that vision of the future. And now that we are with Cable Labs. Um, we can continue to drive uh, all this innovation, uh, research, and development. Uh, so I think in the next five years, we'll have, I believe, more of the brightest minds in the U.S. driving the future of connectivity for us. Um, we are working on the coolest things like network convergence. We're working on fiber networks today. I expect those networks to be 10 times as faster five years from now. Mm -hmm. you know, so what we're saying is, yeah, I got a one gig or two gig network today. What we're saying is that's going to be 10, 20, 25, maybe even more wow. um, for those access networks. Wireless, multi-gigabit. So we're, we're going to constantly uh, expand that. We're, we're already seeing um, folks starting to talk about Wi-Fi 7. And so if you just got your gateway in your house, you're probably running Wi-Fi 6. If you haven't touched the gateway in a couple of years, you need to go visit your local store, your local provider store and upgrade. Um, we're doing a great job with predictive maintenance in the network. We're actually using more software to, to look at the network. And I think that's going to expand as we start adopting more artificial intelligence and machine learning. And, and we're doing that in a big way. Lots of investment there. Uh, we are really making sure that the networks are going to be even more reliable than they are today. Very low latency networks. Networks where it's it's all converged. So we don't care if, if I get my internet wirelessly or fiber or coax or whatever it is. It's all going to be low latency networks and highly reliable and, and full of capacity. Um, I think our networks are going to be much more sustainable than they are today. We, through our Energy 2020 program at SVTE, we're very focused on energy consumption not just at the facility level, but all through the access network, because we're, we're using more passive devices, which is driving down uh, energy consumption, and then looking at the devices that actually consume energy, you know, how, to, how can we have them consume less, right? Yeah, um, that's interesting. And then finally, I think um, where, where we are starting to move in a big way, and I've seen this over the last couple of years, is adopting more open standards versus proprietary standards. And mm -hmm. you know that's what makes the SCTE ANSI program so great is because they're open. Anybody can use them. Right. And that's happening on the mobility side, that's happening in the network with more uh, you know, software-defined networks and um, open virtualization standards, open cloud standards. And you know, with Cable Labs, um, and SETE, you know, we're going to be the gateway for all these open standards in the future. Um, and finally, with looking ahead, I think the, the workforce, we are very focused. And I shared earlier on as a nonprofit, we, we put back everything back into um, our systems. You know, we have the greatest learning management system out there. We have big data on the learners to really show the operators, where are those gaps? Where are those weaknesses? Where, where are those opportunities so we can drive the workforce uh, even further, making them more efficient, 
delivering on those operational priorities of the operator. Um, so you're going to see SCTE um, driving those educational programs in a bigger way to make sure people have all the, not just the knowledge, but all those skills and abilities required for the, for the future. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a lot there and then, lot, yeah. you know, but that's kind of some of my, no, my I love it. It's yeah. just a couple of things that, that kind of near and dear to our heart is, you know, the openness I think is huge. Um, but also talking about, um, software defined networks. So more convergence and more of the hardware tech innovation, you know, would it be curious to, under, to see is if you guys are starting to put together data scientists or people that understand how to manipulate the big data or, or the data coming in from these systems, right? Because I think that's a key, you know, everybody seems to want that, you know, to get to AI and machine learning and business intelligence, you need folks that are able to put their hands in all that data and, and make meaning out of it. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if that it makes it to uh, your agenda at some point in time. Well, actually, I'm glad you mentioned that because it is on our roadmap and it will be, we are developing it for this year. So we will have oh, an okay. analytics course. Yeah. Because to your point, we have data from, you know, today we have proactive network maintenance data. We have data from the meters. We have data, so much data. And that's that's a challenge for the technician. All right. Yeah. Now I have all the all this data. How do I look at that data in a way <laughs> that right. makes me efficient and solves a problem the, the first time instead of looking at the wrong numbers? So, yeah, we're, we're working uh, diligently on and, and, and our board of directors has asked us and tasked us with having a data analytics program this year. So that's great. It's great. Thank to you. What about, what about augmented reality? We've seen a couple of examples in some those different trade shows in terms of it's pretty interesting. I just don't know that it's at scale yet. Is that something that you guys are looking into? Yeah. Yeah, we are. We are on. We have um, uh, an engineer working at SCTE on three dimensional animation. So right now we have a brand new simulation where it's all three dimensional. Mm -hmm. Uh, we are looking at augmented reality. Uh, we are looking at virtual reality. We we actually did a actually I went through a demo of a virtual reality where I was in a bucket truck. Oh yeah, you know. So I go up in the bucket truck, but it's you know I have the glasses on and and I'm sweating. I'm like, whoa! <laughs> it's so, so freaky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you know, it, it we're looking at those things where if we can do them at the right um, price point. Then it makes sense, you know. If I went out and did virtual reality today, I could do it. But you know, if I need 10, 20, 50 of act, fifty of those activities, I couldn't scale that at today's cost. Right. Um, but we are moving. You know, we went from our two D simulations to a three D simulation where we actually have a customer interacting with you, and so augment, adding some augmented reality there um, and going to the virtual reality. That's that's on our roadmap. And uh, hopefully we'll get there sooner, maybe in the five years. We'll have a whole bunch of that. Yeah, no, I hope so too. I mean, there's a lot going on. And, and you know, we've been speaking with Steve Harris. He's the executive director of education and technical sales, at, uh, which is at SCTE, a subsidiary of Cable Lab. Steve, thank you for kind of unpacking that. And um, how can people learn more about uh, your the society and the resources that you mentioned? Yeah, I think the easiest way would be visiting uh, our website, um, SCTE.org, O-R-G. And there you'll find everything on our memberships, chapters, um, newsletters, webinars, everything's right there. Great. 
please take a look and see thanks for joining us and uh, maybe we'll, we, we can bring you back and dig in a little bit more to some of those uh advances that you're talking about so thank, thank you for your time yeah thank you appreciate it